What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Scale Riders Podcast. I am your host, 65 Lokes, here in studio with the mic, the mixing board, the laptop, the cables, the lights, everything. It's all connected, and we're starting things off with my guest, Armando Flores. So let's go right ahead and hit him up and see what he's been up to, because it's been a while since we've had him on, or anybody, really, as a guest. And here, you know, I was doing the the commute episodes, but... You know, at this point, I got some room now. Ever since I started packing up, because I'm getting ready for this move, at the end of the month, I got some space. I got the table, and I was like, you know what? Let me just throw everything on the table. Let's set this up. Let's do it right. Let me go right ahead. I'm going to call him up right now. Let's see. Let me hit up, hit him up right now. Bam. Hit that call button. Let's see if he picks up. Hello. Hey, Armando, what's up? What's happening, Edgar? Hey, just right here. Um, can you hear me good? Everything's cool? Yes. All right. Awesome, here. awesome. Just making sure. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're recording. It's live right now. Um, it, it's funny because I was connecting, you know, everything to the mixing board. And I mean, I'm everything sounds good on my end, but I know we didn't do like a sound check prior to this. So that's why I asked the question. Yes, I'm okay here on this side. Nice, man. Nice. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time being a part of this episode. This is episode number 131. And I mean, it's been a long time since the last time I had you on the show or even anybody as a guest, really, you know, having, you know, with everything that's been going on, um, it's been kind of tough, you know, um, but how you been? Uh, I'm been good. I've been staying home. You know, this pandemic is making us stay home. And uh, us Carmado builders, I mean, we have always something to do at that table. So um, it's uh, there's a lot of time to uh, to finish some projects and get involved and come up with ideas and uh, on and on and on. Yeah, it, it's true. I agree. It's it's crazy how before it's it's something like we didn't have time. You know, we were always working, doing things, and we wanted to have free time to be able to like work on our builds. Yes. And now it's it's been happening. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, some people got laid off, some businesses closed down because they could not operate. Um, but there's time though to to like keep your mind off things in the meantime and and work on projects. Yes, and uh, I think we have one of the greatest hobbies that uh, when we're in this situation, I mean it kind of put us in uh, in the like no excuses and uh, and uh, also um, you can't get bored because you're basically at home and you can actually be doing something. Yeah. So it prepare us for that. Yeah, it, it's a, it's crazy because uh, sometimes randomly I'll come across a comment on the internet where people will say, oh, the hobby's dying, it's dying. And I honestly don't think this hobby will ever die. Um, it's it's here to stay. And um, one thing I've been noticing too um, is that as far as like the, the whole pandemic, people staying home, uh, hobbies are on are at an all-time high right now especially yeah. for businesses that are already established and sell online. 
Um, yes. A lot of them have been doing great, like tremendously great, even though some of them maybe they don't open up their doors and stuff. But if they're as long as they have that um, online retail where they can ship, they're fine. Yes. And and the reason why I bring it up is because I know when uh, when things start to happen and people freak out and we go into like panic mode, the first thing we do is, you know, we want to buy food. We want to buy, you know. Uh, the necessities for the house, making sure all that's there, making sure that your house, everything's cool, which is like your security. But then mm -hmm. after that, you know, you also have to take care of yourself, which a lot of people do exercise. And mm -hmm. then you do that. And then what's next? Because you're going to start to get bored. So the next thing that kicks in is the creative side, you know? So yes. some, I mean, some people get satisfaction from like buying things or, or playing video games, but for others that like to be creative with get hands on and, and build things, you know, hobbies are, are at an all time high right now. Yes. Uh, I, I really agree on that. And I uh, want to say congratulations on opening the scale writers store. Oh, thank uh, you, Armando. Thank you. You're going to, uh, you're going to see exactly what we're talking about where, you know, you can go to hobby stores, but hey, if you can buy stuff online, which I have, it's, it's, uh, it makes it easier too. You start noticing that you don't have to drive. You don't have to make a line. You don't have to risk your health. And, uh, and it's in your, you know, at the front door of your house. And sometimes it's almost the next day you have it in your hands. Yeah. It's so it... in stuff online and, it's like I'm not even missing going to a hobby store. I can get pretty much whatever I want online. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, it's it's a trip when you see that there's some hobby stores I've seen online. I mean, they have a website, but you can't buy nothing from their website. It's just like information, mm -hmm. you know. And and it sucks because they're they're they depend on they're only depending on walk-ins, you know. Yeah. Um, I. I hope they would also open up that market where they would just have customers, you know, be able to purchase online for them to ship out model kits and supplies. So this way they can survive this because, you know, they keep doing these shutdowns constantly. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's no way, there's no other way around it than being able to ship, you know, that's, right. that's kind of be kind of the, the only way. And, Especially for like some model builders that don't even have any hobby stores around where they live, at least mm -hmm. they still have access to like order stuff and get it in the front doorstep, you know? Yes. So right. it, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. It's interesting to, uh, to see the whole thing, uh, playing out every day, you know, every day is different. Yeah. And I have a, you know, house of hobbies here in Burbank. It's not even two minutes from my house, but uh, I still order stuff online or, you know, I, sometimes I don't even want to drive there. Now it's like I'm trying to stay home and uh, do exercise at home, uh, do stuff at home that I need to do, catch up with stuff and also, you know, work on the on the, on the projects for next year. So mm -hmm. uh, that's fun for me. Yeah, I mean, that's. I trip out when I see all the updates that you post on your Instagram, current projects, upcoming projects and whatnot. And 
And I'm just like, man, at first I'm like, man, it's a lot. But the thing is, I also think, well, you have the time, you know, when you yep. get up, when you're off work, you go ahead and, and you're handling all these projects. So let's get things started with the first project that you're working on. This happens to be the Van Slam. Um, this is a pretty much a replica of a one-on-one scale car um, or a van that it premiered. Was it last year? I think it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, it's been making a lot of noise ever since it came out, you know? Um, yes. I, I mean, I tripped out the first time I saw it, but um, I'll, I'll tell you later, like how, like my, my kind of like two cents of like the story, you know, of mm-hmm. uh, how I came across it. But, uh, but yeah, t- tell us about the Van Slam. Yeah, the Van Slam, uh, I mean, we've seen it on online and, all that stuff. And Hector Lozano and I were talking about, you know, what should we do next? And uh, he saw the van and he's like, Armando, let's work on that van. And I go, oh, that's a beautiful van. And uh, he started doing all the body work and opening the windows and opening the doors and put the hinges and all that stuff. And I go, you know what? I would like to paint that van because it's got a lot of, it's busy. It's got a lot of patterns and it's graphics on it. And it was another challenge for me. And he goes, you want to do it? I go, yeah, just give it to me. And uh, he actually brought it the day that uh, you and Willie uh, did the podcast here in my garage uh, when they interviewed you. Yeah, oh. I remember that day. Yeah, I think it was that day. If not... Um, Maybe it was an, uh, another visit before that. But bottom line is that he brought the van already, bodywork, uh, windows open, the whole sunroof open. And I'm like, man, I want to paint that van. So what I first thing I do is try to get involved with the owner. The owner is Gary. He goes by Cat Bomb in, on Instagram. And uh, that van, it's, it's a 1967 Econoline 4 van. And uh, the painter, it's TP Customs. TP Customs uh, is the painter. And I, I met him at the Classic Legends in Japan. Him and his wife went to the show, and we were just, you know, having fun over there in Japan. We see each other, but never thought that he was the painter of that van. Until I find out who was the painter, I start talking to him. He starts sharing a lot of pictures when he was doing it, a lot of good stories behind the whole van. And I always like to communicate or have a conversation with the owners of the of the vehicle or the painters, because that kind of inspires me to uh, concentrate on on the paint job and feel the paint job and sometimes I get help from them and and I see that it helps when I'm doing especially when I'm doing a replica so I've been sharing the pictures since the very beginning until now right now it's at uh, almost at the last stages where just some few more panels and I'm gonna um, shoot the clear and that's it that then will be sealed with clear. Uh, the um, There's an eye chest that also has 
patterns. I'm almost there. You still need some few more little details. And the console also has some graphics. So I'm almost 90, probably 97% of the event done with all the graphics. So hopefully um, I, I, I seal it soon. So the, the rest of the, uh, the car uh, gets done by Hector Lozano. Uh, I've been getting a lot of help from um, from Jerry's, especially on the uh, LED lights. He sent me a color bar for the van. He sent me like a color bar for the grill because that van has this um, like unique grill sequence in the front of the grill of that van. So he sent me that. He also sent me a Bluetooth system that has two speakers and it's going to have basically system the van and it's going to have the color bar the color bar on the grill and it's going to have headlights tail lights it's going to have dome lights and also the front headlights have like a neon green ring on it around it that's going to be machine on my lathe to create that effect and uh, there's still more parts that i need to create for that van on the lathe just to make that van the most realistic as possible. Uh, so far, that van, it's it's coming so easy. It's going so easy. Uh, and uh, it's uh, I'm having fun with it, especially on the paint job. And uh, the satisfaction is also there. Uh, there's some also few photo edge parts. I ordered some parts from Detail Junkie that he has this uh, also eye chest that has the hinges. But I want to use those hinges on the iChest that I created for this van. And uh, so all these parts, I'm basically putting it together so that Hector Lozano can do his magic with rewiring everything and put all the, the detail, the system and all that and, and finish that van. But this van is with the collab collaboration between him and me. It's not all me doing it. Yeah, he was inspired by, you know, looking at that van. And uh, from that, I became, you know, good, you know, good friends with the owner and good friends with the painter. Uh, I've been constantly sending pictures, talking with them. Sometimes we spend, you know, a good time, um, a good amount of time just talking and, and, and sharing uh, things that, you know, what went on on the van and stuff like that. So, that's that's uh, what is happening with this dance lamp. Man, that's cool. Um, looking at the photos, one thing I do love is um, how you were talking about making it realistic or the uh, the hinges on the doors. Yes, because you could that's, see you could see it from the exterior how you yes. would see it in real life. Yes, Hector Lozano did it on his uh, Gangster of Love the same way. And he decided to do it the same way on this van. And uh, they open pretty good. They close and they open. And um, it's, it, it, it's, it looks like the real thing. Wow. That's cool. And yeah, like you said earlier, you know, like the paint job, it's very, it's busy. Um, mm -hmm. From like this build, you know, I feel like every year you challenge yourself with your paint jobs and different builds. Do you feel like all your, from your, you know, like your previous builds have helped you along the way, building you up 
for like a project like this to be able to do this type of paint job? Yeah, uh, Edgar, what happens is that, you know, I think after doing Boogie Nights 1, it was, to me, it was like the first challenge of a paint job that I wanted to do like multicolors and a lot of a lot of graphics, a lot of lines. And once I did Boogie Nights 1, it was like a, like a boom, like a, I just like, that's it. If I did that paint job, I can pretty much do anything I want. And after that, I've been doing other paint jobs and it's been going like so smooth, maybe because I got the, the proper uh, equipment. I got the water airbrush. I got the water compressor. I got a house of colors. I got the right flake from Tropical Glitz. And I have like a whole bunch of paint uh, that I can mix any color, anything I want. And uh, now if it's, if it's wrong, that means it's me. <laughs> if it's if it's there, it's because I have the the proper uh, equipment for that. So after I did Boogie Nights one, um, I challenged myself to do Boogie Nights two. And first, when I did did Boogie Nights one, I was like, "There's no way I can make another paint job like this," you know. I I, I think I got lucky, or you know, whatever. But it was like a no, let me let me see how far I can go with Boogie Nights too, and uh, it went so easy. I ended up doing Jose's Dreams. It went easy also. So this van, it was just me having fun with graphics. I didn't even think twice like, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do that? It was pretty much everything in my head. Like, okay, I'm just. It's just a matter of doing, doing the the tape lines and start spraying it, and it's almost like an addiction because it, 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 you want to feel that airbrush, that paint going into a little cup and push the button, that nozzle and, and pull it back and start doing your art. And that, that, that feeling is like, uh, I guess it's like a chef when he's cooking his recipe and he's doing his famous plate. And when he's throwing all these uh, ingredients, He's he tasting it is pretty much kind of like the same way or like a DJ mixing music and the music comes out like right there and you feel that, um, you know, the satisfaction. Same thing with with uh, me doing the Spain jobs. So I like to just finish them and post them and and motivate people, you know, just to so people can, you know, push to this limit. I wish somebody was telling me how to do this before but i'm just learning this you know this type of this type of uh, paint jobs lately after i got the proper equipment yeah that's cool um when i look at this paint job it's uh, all i'm thinking about is how much back masking you had to do <laughs> you know that's all i keep thinking like dang how how did you have so much patience you know to be able to yeah. to cut and back mask all those little areas, and not only that, the pictures that I've been taking, like from step by step, and even removing tape or in a certain stage, back masking, put lines again, and I got over three hundred pictures just on this van from the very beginning, from the first, uh, beginning of the stage, 
So um, it, it, it's busy. It's got a lot of stuff, but it was fun. Man, that's cool. Now, now uh, I'll I'll chime in and I'll tell you um, how I found out about this van. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I didn't see it at a at a car show or anything like that. The way my introduction was to the Van Slam was back in March. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't even really remember right now if it was 2017 or 2018 on the year. But it was in March when I took a paint class with Luis Javier Cano. And mm-hmm. we did the class with Armando Serrano and Danny D. And um, in that in that class, you know, we were sitting in the front and uh, on, the, on the same row, I would say like a uh, couple seats next to me, to my left side, we, um, TP Customs was sitting there, Ooh. you know, and I didn't, and I didn't really, uh, like, I didn't know him yet, you know, so it was like the first day of the, of the class. You know, there was uh, an introduction. Everybody, you know, introduced themselves, said their name, and kind of just gave a reason of why, you know, they're there or, or what is it that they do, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had mentioned that I, I was here because I want to learn, you know, more about painting and also that I built model cars. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was one of the things that um, later... Um, you know, when we had a break, we, um, we, I had a conversation with him about that. So I, I don't remember how it happened, but we were just talking and he brought it up and he told me that his, uh, father, uh, used to build model cars and he's still building model cars. And I was, wow. I was like, wow. Like, you know, I, I, I thought it was cool what he was telling, what he was sharing his story, you know, with that. Yeah. And then we just kept talking and um, I started to show him on my phone, like, you know, pictures of cars that I was working on. And, and somehow uh, Manny from Tropical Glitz came up in the conversation, you know, and I don't know if it's maybe because I had a photo with one of my cars flaked with, with the flake or, or it was him, but he ended up telling me just like, dude, like that's my homie, you know. I um I'm working on this van, uh, van slam or whatever, and he was like, and I'm using uh, Manny's been sending me flake, and paint, and I don't know what. Like he just started to kind of give me the rundown, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh what? So it was kind of crazy, like all these like connections, you know. Um, Manny's all the way in Florida, and like. I mean, TP Customs, he's up in Northern California, and I'm in Southern California, but somehow, you know, um, yeah. everyone, it's like everyone knows somebody, you know? Yeah. And then he started to show me um, the van, and I was just tripping out, like, all the patterns and how busy it was that I was like, dang. And he was telling me, like, yeah, I'm, wor- I'm working on this or whatever. And I think it was already, like, on the at the final stages, I want to say. I believe that like the paint job was already completed, uh-huh. and um, and yeah, you know, we. Uh, I mean, I spent it was three days of uh, of classes, so I got to see them um, each day, and we just like would chop it up and stuff and talk. But um, I thought it was cool that you know all that was going on, and then you know, fast forward to now, you know, um, 
what was it last year when it was the the show at the dead end i was i was i was not there but i remember uh luis telling me hey i saw tp customs he uh he came over and he was checking out the models and all that um where you guys were like set up so then i was like oh man and i felt bad you know that i didn't go I wish mm-hmm. I could have gone because that would have been perfect. I would have been able to like see him again and talk to him, you know? Yeah. So shout out to him. <laughs> Sorry. I, I couldn't go to that one, but for next year, you know, or, you know, coming up. So, uh, but yeah, that, that was my take on that. And, and it was crazy. Cause like now you're doing that, that van, that replica. And I get to see, you know, how even he, he on his post talks about it. Like he's tripping out that you're doing that build. Yeah, and uh, when I saw it the first time, when my my eyes first saw that van, it was at that show, and it was open sky, sunny day, and I'm looking at that van slam to the all the way to the grass, and then there was a whole bunch of people looking at it, talking about it, and the whole sun was hitting inside the van, and they were still working on the van. There were still a few things that were not completed on that van that day, but the outside was all done. And uh, I took a video of that in and out. And when I was looking at the paint job, I was like, oh, this would be like almost impossible to duplicate because of all the lines and the colors and all that stuff. But then later on, when uh, Hector Lozano was telling me about it, I'm like, eh, why not? I mean, this is uh, this would be a good challenge. And uh, it's it's uh, it's already you know getting getting done, and it's uh, it's going to be for the dead end show up north. Uh, those guys Juan and David from Central Coast, they do the show in a car model section at the you know dead end show that they do in Salinas, and uh, it looks like next year if everything goes well and and uh, the show happens. It'll probably happen a, a week before Father's Day or a week after Father's Day, but uh, um, there, uh, if if it happens, that's when it's going to be uh, busting out for that show, and uh, probably the owner will be there. Probably uh, TP Customs will be there, and um, hopefully, uh, it turns to be a, a good show. I mean, this is going to be. Uh, something that I'm uh, also planning to uh, do a uh, 805 beer company for that show. It's already in my head, all the all the, uh, the the layout and all that stuff. I'm not rushing it right now because I know I can get that done pretty quick. And it's also going to be the uh, dead, dead end um, store, um, the new warehouse. So, and this is something that. Uh, that uh, Vision 124 and I are talking about it. Like uh, he is also collaborating with uh, two pieces for that show. And uh, one of them is the station wagon from uh, Dead End, that blue one. He already finished that one. Uh, and uh, he's going to send it to me and just to promote it and do uh, the uh, promotion and the flyer and all that stuff with that station wagon. But there's going to be a few cars that are going to be 805s and dead ends and all that stuff. So it would be like a, a good presentation for that that time. And that's if everything goes well. 
That's cool. Yeah, his uh that wagon is so dope. It's a trip because um you would think that he would you know still be like in the beginning stages of working on that for this show, but it's mm-hmm. like he's like pretty much already done. I would say he's what like 95% or 90% done with it. That's done. It's done. It's already, already done. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dang. That's, that's it. It's like it's already it it would just needs to be shipped. He just needs to or he needs to bring it. Yeah, it might come in tomorrow. I mean, it's wow. coming. It's, it's already on the road. That's crazy. Yeah. This way to California, mm-hmm. and then we're going to probably do the flyer and all that stuff with a van, slam, and also with a station wagon. And then uh, so we can start doing a flyer. We don't know exact date, but the flyer is just going to be for that particular event next yeah. year. Man, that that's one thing I like about George is like once he sets his mind to something, he cre- yeah. he creates it and he completes it and it's done. Because I know for me it, it it'll it'll be hard. Like you could tell me, hey, I need this, or make me a car, you know, so it could be part of this diorama, you know, piece. And then, you know, I could spend time figuring out what kind of car, the colors, this and that, get it started. Uh, mm-hmm. But then after a while, I feel like there's always going to be something that's going to like delay things, you know? Yes. And and then once things are delayed, there's like a 50, 50 chance it's going to get done or it's not going to get done, you know? But I like, I admire that like George, like he just delivers, you know, he doesn't, he he doesn't say, Oh, I can or whatever. It's just, you know, you ask him if, if he's down to participate or, you know, like you want to invite him or like, Dude, you got to be a part of this. And he's he's, yes. so, he's sold down. And sometimes, you know, I always say this, uh collaboration, it's it's it, it makes uh you know, when they say let me make you famous or let me uh, help you help me help you whatever. But uh you know, the, uh, George and I we've been talking for, you know, almost, you know, two or three times a week and texting each other and how you doing? Uh, what do you need? Uh, you know, just talk about models and stuff. And uh, we have known each other pretty well just by being on the phone. And with this pandemic, I mean, you just basically on the phone or, or you you can be just working on something and, and we just, you know, on the phone, just talking about ideas and stuff. So we have very good ideas we have shared a lot of stuff that we have that we're thinking about and um we be we be we are becoming a good friends in 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 the in the model world pretty much so um shout out to him because uh we just basically throw each other we speak the same language so we kind of understand that yeah i I could see a lot of um similarities in, in the things you guys do is because I know, you know, you take on a lot of like diorama presentations. Yes. And then he also does that in in the East Coast with his with his club. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's a big responsibility, I think, being it able is. to produce something like that and and then to bring it and install it and put it all together. Oh it, yeah. It's it's difficult because you know, it's easy to just walk up and put your car on the diorama, you know, mm-hmm. but but if you're the one having to, like, build this thing and, 
bring it to life. That's, yes. That's tough. Yes. And uh, if you notice, every time we collaborate or we do a diorama or we do some something like that, it, it always makes noise. It always people remember, oh, yeah, I remember this diorama. And that's kind of what makes uh, makes more sense in, 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 the, in the car models, not just a, you know, a car model sitting on the table. So I'm having fun with it. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I do a lot of stuff that sometimes I don't know how I do it, but I'll, I'll, I'll find time to do it. Do you ever think, you know, how long is it going to take for me to already retire? Like, do you already want to retire? So you, you take this on full time? Well, I'm 59. So I'm going to retire at 62. So I have only, Two years, three hundred and nineteen days, and I'm done. I'll be retiring by then. Nice. I have a lot that I want to do, uh, but uh, you know, that's my goal. It's gonna come by fast. I mean, start getting oh, yeah. re- start getting ready because oh, you know, yeah. two years are gonna come by quick. And next thing you know, we're gonna be congratulating you. You did it. Oh well, yeah, exactly. And I know. Faster, the days go by. Yeah, I'm gonna come over and visit. You're gonna have all kinds, of even more projects doubled. I'm gonna be like, dang, you're really doing it now. That's cool, yeah. awesome. Yes. And uh, uh, so the the next um, question and topic that I wanted to bring up was uh, is what I consider the mini truck craze right now. So yeah. tell us about your mini trucks, what you're doing right now with that. Yeah, uh, mini trucks. I love mini trucks, especially um, you know back in the '80s, '90s. Um, when I got married, all of our cars were mini trucks. So it, it was the decade that I enjoy a lot too. And um, we've been talking on masterpieces that we want to make one one year. We're going to make mini trucks. So. Uh, remember I ended up buying a whole bunch of mini trucks and I'm like, okay, this one, I can do it like this. I can do it like that. Well, I start opening the boxes and I start like getting, getting them all prepared. So now they're all in primer. They're ready. They're ready to start for me to start shooting paint on it. But I have a list of like five. Um, the first one I'm tempting to start doing the paint job is on wrap with envy. That's a replica of, uh, Back in the 90s, it was like a low-riding mini truck. Back then, it was owned by a guy named Derek. And uh, this mini truck is going to be all gold-plated, gold-plated wheels, uh, rack, LED lights. It's going to be a full show. It's going to show the whole uh, frame, everything, engine, the whole thing. So that that's on the on the on the first one on the line, and then I start doing this hard body. That is, uh, I I end up buying this Toronto. It's like a like a blazer, like a. I end up buying that one and cut the the whole back of it and make it into a pickup, so I can have a 124 scale um, mini truck, but hard body. So it was a lot of work. I 
did a lot of cutting, stretching, uh, form, uh, but it's there. And uh, one thing that I noticed is that um, Iceman Collection had a frame on his uh, store and I hit him up and right away he hooked me up and uh, sent me the frame and the frame fits right on. So that that truck, mini truck is going to have one of uh, his creations. So uh, shout out to him because uh, that frame, I wasn't, you know, the frame that comes on the model is all, all one piece. This one, I can, I can actually put the, the whole suspension and uh, put airbags or drop it off and, you know, make it really low. So it's C-notch already and it's perfect. So that's the hard body. Another one is a, a Nissan, one of those, uh, I don't know what year is that Nissan, but it's the small ones with the four square lights in the front. I have two of those. One of them is going to have the uh, Porsche alloys and uh, that one, I uh, already have the name for it, plastic doll. Um, that's going to be pretty much like a hot pink and I already have it in my head, almost like uh, Danny D mini truck, you know, the pink one, kind of like that. There's also another Nissan that I'm going to call a lollipop and the whole, the top is going to, is going to come off. So it's going to be almost like a convertible, but uh, that's another Nissan the same year. And uh, Toyota, that one's going to be Diamond Girl. Uh, so I got those in line. You're talking about five mini trucks that are in the, in the, uh, in the, on the table. And uh, I have the, wheels from Jerry's. He, I ended up buying some of his 13-inch uh, uh, mini trucks, uh, Dayton's, and uh, I'm going to have a working system uh, with uh, Bluetooth um, and also LED lights. So that lineup uh, is going to be uh, look pretty good because it's, uh, it's all not, nothing but mini trucks with system, with lights and all that stuff. That's why I'm creating this wall with uh, masterpieces so that it has everybody's name. And then whoever in masterpieces does a mini truck, we can put it on the line and uh, put more in there. Man, that's, that's pretty dope. That, I like that name that popped out, Lollipop. Lollipop, yeah, because that one's going to have different colors. That's going to be like oh, okay. a lot. Yeah, no, they're different. all interesting names for sure. Yeah, it has to be like a sexy name because back in the, you know, 80s, 90s, mini trucks were sexy. Uh, it was always names of a songs from from uh, back in the 80s, 90s. And uh, Plastic Doll, it, there's an actual song that are like in the mini truck era. Diamond Girl, same thing. It, Lollipop came up because I wanted to make it convertible. So it, the, whole, the, the whole top is going to pop and... Uh, so I want to make it more like it's open and it's going to be all different candies on it. I want to play one. I want to do a paint job with different colors, kind of like the Boogie Nights where it's all graphics. Damn, that's tight. It's uh, it's crazy because I see it a lot on, on Instagram. You know, I feel like there's, a, there's influence right now with mini trucks. Yes, they're coming back and new mm -hmm. minis and these mini trucks are coming back and uh they're they're coming back strong because 
a lot of the OGs are coming back with the same one that they had back then. It was just sitting in their garage, but um, now they're basically busting out with those. Yeah, I feel like it's something that's very nostalgic and then working on it and being able to cruise again, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and people appreciating those cars, it's taking them back to when they first busted out with them, I bet. Yes, and the system. I, I remember uh, I used to make um, speaker boxes for mini trucks back then in the 80s, and I will customize the, the, the boom box, and I will put serving Vegas, Fosgates, um, JBLs, I mean, name it, whatever equipment that they buy, I will create the, the, the box for them and, 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 and um, customize it. So I know the sound with mini trucks back then, uh, it was crazy because the 1,000 watts wasn't enough for a mini truck. You, you want 2,000 watts on, on, on that mini truck. <laughs> 2,000? And what was, what was the, the stock when, when you would buy a mini truck? Oh, it, it's a different unit, uh, Alpine, uh, a Kenwood, or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, different stereo systems. But what where the power comes is from the from the amp. The amps. Back, back then, it was these, these uh, Colossus and Suze. It was like Hyphonics. They have a lot of amps that were really powerful. And the speakers, I mean, 15-inch woofers. <laughs> Oof. 18 oh. 18 inch woofers ridiculous it was like back then it was over 500 dollars per set easy and uh but people would buy it and i would make the box for them and uh so it was it was uh something that i went through and now we're doing this doing this mini trucks they're gonna have system so that when you're recording those mini trucks it, the system is on every one it has set its own music and all music from the from the you know 80s and 90s so mm -hmm. and and it's crazy because even i feel like the timing was right at that time you know they wanted so much watts in the cars that yes. the music that was being produced had a lot of bass in it oh yes 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 and that's the music that i like too <laughs> <laughs> i was a i was break dancer back then so it was nothing but <laughs> Yeah, you know what I right now that you said that about breakdancing, I remember um, it was like the first times when I had just met you when I was coming over, and you were gonna show me um, about painting with House of Color candies, uh -huh. and I remember um, I brought over the candies and and you were you were teaching me about like color combination. It was more like color theory, you know. Uh -huh. but, but I remember I brought my GoPro. I don't know if you remember, and I set it up like right in front of you, and we were talking, and I was recording you, and I was just, I was just like documenting the whole like thing, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I forgot what came on. There was like a song or something that came on, and then you started like like popping, like you were about to start break dancing, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, oh dang, dude, I need to look for that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I still have the footage of that. Yeah, it's in your heart. It's in your in your in your in your in your body because as soon as you hear, uh, you know, jam on it. Okay, boom. As soon as uh, rocket or any any break dancing song, uh, song, mm -hmm. it, it just you just want to get up and start, you know, popping or break dance. 
Yeah. Because for more than three years, I mean, I was one of the guys with a boombox with my son, two years old, and going to the park every day and start breakdancing. So I did it for more than three years. So it's in, it's in you. Like, mm -hmm. and I, if I do it right now, forget it, I'm going to break a leg or whatever. <laughs> but I, I, don't think I, can, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But uh, no, not at, not at 59. But uh, it's like ah, get off, get, get off her. for you, Armando. Dang, we're not gonna finish Van Slam now, no. right? <laughs> Dang, now that's yeah. cool though. But yeah, it, it's fun like seeing all the 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 mini trucks. I mean, um, is the Z Rack one of the most like popular kind of setups that everybody seems to aim for? Because one of my friends. He bought a mini truck, and that was, like, one of his main goals. He was like, man, I got to do a Z-Rack. Well, not a lot of people did uh, the Z-Rack. It, it, it was more like the competition one, the ones that were competing. There's there's another Toyota. It's, like, a green with a little bit of pink. That one is called Rod uh, uh, Deal. It's a Toyota. And uh, that one has also the the C rack, but most of them they they want to play like a bed dancers. They want to move the bed different ways and spin it. And that's competition is like the, the higher the the more splits in in in, in the pieces will be you know the winner. But for the rap with envy, it's ju it just goes up and down. So I made everything out of. Uh, brass and little screws uh once i got it all all the mechanism to work i'm gonna take it all apart polish them clear it and leave it all like gold because it's brass all brass with screws so uh I, i'm gonna be able to put the, the bed however i want it if not i put a servo and make it go up and down slowly mm -hmm. but um I am going to make it where it's workable. And uh, and then I'm going to make the camper shell spin. Not the whole bed. It's just a camper, camper shell. Uh, it's going to be spinning slow. Man, that's going to be cool. The How you were saying earlier about like bed dancing, that's yeah. one thing that always tripped me out on the mini trucks, how... You know, that thing's, it's like swinging back and forth and front and side and all this. And then it, go, it goes back into position. And I, I always had this like, not a not like a fear, but I would always think like if I was an owner or whatever, maybe it's because I don't know too much about the mini trucks is I always feel like that box is going to hit, smash into the, the back window. It, and it has in, in, in some cases, but that's if it, if it bends and, mm. and the, the clearance is not there. But when they do the rack, it always goes the opposite direction, goes back first. Like the first plate goes, you know, back. The other one goes sideways. So there's always that clearance that however you do it is never going to hit the back window. Now, if they don't do it that way, then they, they that's a... <laughs> <laughs> Man, and then what trips me out too is like when you see videos of the competitions at the shows and, you know, going back to like Jeffrey's... Uh, truck like alien toy and things like that like 
I felt like everybody had some type of creation that the the bed would like just kind of cut up in pieces and spin and do its own thing. Yes, that was a competition. The more creative you get, the more spectacular or uh, you've seen videos and, and videos show everything like how the competition was very strong. Yeah. Almost like hopping contest or uh, a car that dances or the hops or dances, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it flips, okay, that's another like uh, you went over the over the limit. Dang, yeah. That's crazy. A lot of money involved right there with these cars, yeah. I bet. Yes. So um, that's what's on the table. I'll, I also, I've been doing uh, a lot of capturing like videos of uh, people that, and I don't know why I didn't do it before, but lately, you know, I did Howard Gribble when he came over and I just, you know, just record our conversations and stuff and uh, Drifting on Memories uh, came in, uh, Raul. So two guys came into the garage and I'm like, I, I need to document those guys coming over here because it's fun what we do and and uh, it's good to let, you know, the world know like, okay, this is this is what goes on on, you know, Armando's garage or yeah. on the lowrider uh, culture or what's going on. And then um, right, right after that, Mercado came in, and then Ulises came in, and he was like, wow, another day. So I have a few guys that uh, they want to come over, and I got to be careful because of this uh, pandemic. But uh, I always try to, like, keep my distance, and uh, also if, they're, if they don't feel well, then don't come in, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, That's yeah, cool. Capturing that, and that's because you know you have uh, influenced me in capture, you know, document, and I I always kind of have, but I never, um, like, take it a little bit more serious. That okay, why don't I just do it? Because I see, you know, guys, bastards from Japan coming over. I see, uh, next movie came over, Joe Ray, you know, all those guys that are well known people in the lowrider culture and i'm like why don't i just record what we do like just they just want to stop by and and uh have a beer or have a few conversations and uh and that's pretty nice because that way people get to see that and um so i've been doing that i hope i have more time and and do more stuff like where it's in a stationary uh gopro in front of my desk and and just uh record what i do yeah yeah that's that's awesome um yeah because i i remember seeing on your youtube channel you know um the when you posted with howard gribble that he had came over and i was watching it and i really liked the way you know you recorded it and i was like impressed i was like man that's dope like did you get a gimbal or all these things like set up because everything it looked really nice on the video and at the same time you know um how you were saying you wish you would have took it like more serious on um, documenting i feel like you've always documented because you do have a lot of photos you know um back then i feel like it was more photos like to document Uh now it's more we're more like in that visual era where everyone we want to see something 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we admire photos still, but we want to see like a visual of interaction. And now, I mean, I feel like what you're doing is great. Right now is the good time to do it. You know, it's never too late because you're always in the future going to have opportunities with uh, yes. friends and acquaintances and just people that you just meet. You know, anytime you meet someone, that's an opportunity right there, you know, yes. and sometimes you don't even think about, oh, let me hold on. Like, let's say before you even start a conversation with them, you're never like, oh, hold on. Let me let me hear record on my phone or in this because they might they might be like, wait, what for what? But if let's say like you do do it and you have a great conversation at the end, you're like, you feel great because you go, man, like this was a great conversation. I'm great. I'm glad we documented it. Now let's let's share this to other people. Uh you know yeah because you know these guests they're not here all the time you know they're Uh they're in they're out you know overseas out of state and they're just like once in lifetime opportunity sometimes that that you get you know um i mean there there's some people that i i wish like man i wish i would have recorded you know with with this person or that person but the thing is, for me, it was in like right place, right time. You know, I didn't know them yet or, or something, you know, something happened. Mm-hmm. And and those are things that going forward now, it's almost like, you know, if the opportunity arises or, or you know, if it's possible, then you got to go yeah. for it. Yes, yes. So I'm uh, looking forward to see how much I can document and keep doing it. On, uh, on the YouTube channel. And there, uh, I think it's Masterpieces Club. That's the... Yeah, I'll, I'll plug it. I'll uh, I'll share it because I, I recommend for the people listening to the podcast, definitely check out Armando's YouTube channel because there, there's a lot of footage in there of a lot of things that he's documented over the years, even footage from back then. I know one of the... The video series that I still go back and I like watching is the Las Vegas series with that yeah. build. Just the documentation, it's like pretty dope. And I remember sending it to George and being like, yo, check this out, dude. And even he was like amazed, like, dang, like it it's like you took us back in time. Yeah, and I did it I did that one with the VHS, those big, huge uh cassettes. Yeah. Damn, yeah. That, that's tight. I mean, now, I mean, honestly, it's just about simplifying your setup, really, you know, Um, because even though you have your your friends coming over, you know, to visit, um, I mean, you can record video, but let's just say if you want to record audio, you can still record audio through your phone. Just hit that record button and just have just have a conversation, you know, and just get close, you know, somewhat like put it in the center of the table and you're and you're good, you know. Yes, but well, that's uh, how I travel in uh, in uh, in uh, Mercado, just with one GoPro in my iPhone. Nice, that's dope. So uh, even the iPhone, um, I put it on a tri- tripod mm-hmm. and also GoPro, and I just move it around in different stages, and then I just edit that video. Like, you know, this is what went on. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, some of these videos I only show like 45 minutes or whatever but 
I record like almost two, three hours of it. And I just edit what, uh, you know, what I'm like, oh, this is, this is nice to put in there. Or if the view and the capture is there, like, then I just, you know, use that. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. That's kind of what I'm hoping yeah. to do. Yeah, that's going to be the way. I feel like later we're going to start seeing a lot of people wearing the GoPro. You know, yes. I mean, some people do it, but we'll see. It's going to be more happening more and more. Uh, a lot of people have time in their hands now, you know? Uh-huh. So yeah. it's just be, it's like try to be as creative as possible and pro- and produce content, really. People are getting creative nowadays. And I see a lot of guys, like uh, so many ways, how they're doing paint jobs and they're doing, you know, different things, not just hoppers. They're doing other stuff. Expanding new 3D printing. Yes, yes. And uh, that's what's that's what's going to happen. Do you plan on getting a 3D printer in the future? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's um, going to be a very, must, huh? Um, I'm familiar with the software because kind of like the software that we use at work for the aerospace, it's pretty similar because we create a, a model of the part that we're going to machine. And then we tell in the machine language, to make it and then uh we also tell a machine that inspects a cmm to inspect the part using a model so we're pretty familiar with with the software uh it's just a matter of uh, you know practice and uh and uh look into that but definitely uh that's on my list not now uh because i'm still having fun building and uh in two years 319 days uh, probably will go that direction. Yeah. Are you counting the days or no? Yeah. Yes, yeah? I am. I, oh, I that's see. cool. A countdown. <laughs> exactly. Two days, 319 days. Gee, that's exciting right there. Yes. <laughs> Pretty soon I'm, I'm going to say, like, I got only 30 more days and my application is already sent and it's filled out and that's it. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, stay, stay longer. <laughs> I'm out of here. No, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's cool, man. I um, I'm kind of on, on the fence with you. Like, I want to get a 3D printer, but not right now. You know, um, I want to enjoy, obviously, my baby, and then uh, being with my family. But then also, I'm having a lot of fun with the online store. Mm-hmm. Um, so something in the future, I would definitely like to, um, be able to produce, you know, like parts. Yeah. The The reason why I was thinking about that was I was having a conversation with like Casey about that. And I was like thinking like, you know, there, there's going to be 3d printer, I mean, 3d printer, 3d, uh, designers, mm-hmm. you know, in the U S but then also abroad, like overseas, you know? And there could be a, a designer, let's just say he produces a wheel in his country. And uh, let's say I want to sell that wheel, you know. Um, he can obviously print them and ship them to me and like me purchasing from him. But then you're going to have to deal with like, you know, shipping costs and all these things, right? Right. Um, And then once everything comes in, you got to inspect everything you know like a quality control 
like a double quality control, I guess. But mm -hmm. let's say that I have one or two 3D printers and then I end up, you know, um, we strike a deal where I get the file and then, you know, he's going to get an incentive off of the deal. But then what happens is I end up printing it on my end, you know? Yeah. So then this way I can inspect it more. And if there's an error, I could still, re you know, print it or whatever, making sure everything's cool. Um, and then be able to handle like the packaging and, and the shipping, you know? Um, so this way, like, let's just say if a customer is like, yo, like, I want to buy those wheels off you, but man, I don't know if I want to, if I want to spend that much money because you're, you're overseas, you know, then it's mm -hmm. almost like, um, I could be that connection, you know, that distributor for the U S to be like, well, you know, buy it, buy it at scale riders or whatever. And you, you could just pay domestic shipping instead of international shipping. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of different possibilities of things or like, you know, ideas, but it's what, what's kind of fun right now, you know? Yeah. On the aerospace, um, if, uh, let's say we need to make a part, but we don't have an engineer or a programmer that can draw or design that part, sometimes we pay money to some you know, like uh, another company that let's say we give them a $400 or $500 and make that drawing, we get the model. And then from that model, we can make the part. Mm. So sometimes the customer provides the model so we can make that part. Yeah. So, so I think that's what I think might happen on the 3D print where you might be able to share files and once you have the file, that's it. You, all you need is a 3D printer. And there's different types of 3D printers. There's the commercial ones, and there's the ones that they do just small parts, but real nice detail. Um, there's also blueprint, I mean, blueprint, uh, 3D printers that can do metal and or that can do color. So there's a lot of stuff out there. It's just, you know, for whatever application you're going to make it. So all that stuff is in my head already. It's just that I'm not planning to go business yet until I retire. Yeah. When that's... I retire, that's when I'm going to make parts to support the, the car model industry. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're all, we're always going to want parts for sure. Definitely. You know, whether it's wheels or, or grills or, or just, you know, accessories that are for yes. the cars, we're always going to be needing something. And then it, if you're machining them, man, even better. Yes. If you have a connection with a, with a machine shop that can make your parts, that's also a plus because you're not doing any work. You're just basically uh, making a drawing and somebody else is doing it for you. Or, or photo edge, you're, somebody does the photo edge for you and, you just basically uh, sell them on your store or however you want to sell it. But uh, that's the idea. But right now, like the business, if I start doing something as a business, then I it, 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 I will stop doing my hobby. And that's kind of like what I don't want to stop yet. 
I still have a few more projects that I want to do, and then, and then I can do stuff for other people. But for right now, it's more like uh, do those presentations that I love to do. You know, enjoy that. That's the part that um, fulfills me right now. Definitely, yeah. Just just follow what what you want to do right now, and then deal with you know the rest later because. I know how it is. Once you start getting into something new, it it's definitely going to take over your time, you know, of having fun. Yes. Right now I'm having fun. I do it when I want it to. I, if I don't want to do anything today, I don't, I, I, I don't do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but if I want to, if I want to work on it all night, okay, then I do it. Mm-hmm. So of course, if you have that support from your wife, then that's even better. Yeah. Uh, my wife supports me uh, on that part. No, yeah, it's important definitely to have that support system because it, you're definitely uh, you feel good. You know, you're 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 doing you. You know, you're um, because yeah, you don't <laughs> you don't want to be doing something, and then it's it's like not not in a good place or whatever. You know that you're like dang all stressed out trying to glue things together. Knowing like, oh man, I shouldn't even be doing this right now. I should be like handling other things, you know, around, right. the, around the house. So, yeah, I've been married for 41 years and with the same wife and I'm doing this and that tells me, you know, whatever I'm doing, um, I, I handle my, my, my bills. I handle my responsibilities in the house and I still have time to do the car models. So um, I'm not sitting over here with this podcast because I, I don't have uh, time. It's, uh, I already did my my duties, my part, and now it's the time, my time right now to be able to do this. Yeah, and then the week's already going to get started. The, oh, yeah. I'm the already, work week. I'm already preparing for that. So tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm already driving to work. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how you already start mentally preparing yourself. Like, all right. Yeah, you have to. And everything everything has to happen. You can't ignore one thing. If you stop uh, on responsibilities, I'm talking about. If you stop uh, your responsibilities, it's going to affect you one way or another. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. Well, Armando, this was a, a great conversation. I'm happy that we were able to to get this episode number 131 um it had been a while you know to have all this set up but i'm glad that um that we did this any shout outs you want to give out before we uh wrap this one up well um tito junkie for doing a great job on the uh, photo edge parts iceman collections because he's doing a um Tremendous work on the 3D printing and all the parts that he makes. Um, Vision 124, basically, not he doesn't stop. Another guy that doesn't stop, he's pretty much like me, always thinking about car models and stuff. And uh, and uh, but uh, everybody that does car models, you know, uh, next year when when this whole thing is pretty much over, because it will be over. Um, you know, hopefully everybody shows their uh, their new projects. I'm looking forward to see what everybody has done. 
And um, again, congratulations to you on your store. And I know your life has changed a little bit because having a baby. But yeah, I know. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> your mind is still in the in the hobby world. How you can support and and, and uh, help everybody one way or another. Definitely. Oh, definitely. And uh, we got we got one more minute left uh, before we go real quick. Uh, did you see um, Skeleton 62? Yes. Give me your thoughts. You got a minute. Give me your thoughts. Oh, my God. So different and so like it's it's just uh, I was just looking blown away when I saw the interior with the graphics with the outside. It's different, but it's like still in the. Uh, in the uh, very like 70s look and it doesn't have to be all flake and it doesn't have to be all like candy it can be like that but it can be like really uh different so i like it i'm like i zoom like everything that the front headlights how he did the little uh, stamp on the grill and then the interior even the spot the the, the on the carpet the detail that uh uh skeleton does it's like uh, you don't think about those things but he does <laughs> yeah so true now yeah that, that uh definitely you know those stance everything caught my eye but the the paint job in the grill i was like woo! i was like i love this it um yeah. i don't know it stood out to me i was like i'm pretty sure armando's gonna definitely gonna dig this uh-huh yeah the stencils that he's using to do the airbrush and stuff. I don't know where he's getting those, but uh, those are pretty they're different. Secrets. <laughs> no, that's cool. All right. Yeah. The minute right. is up. The minute is up. But before we go, I just wanted to tell you, uh, Luis Javier Cano sent me a text to tell you that he says, what's up? And que ya no te reportas. That's all he has to say to you. Actually, I'm going to have a first talk with him. <laughs> All right, dope. Well, uh, have a good night. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the week, and we will stay in touch. Orale, se vale. All right, se vale. Peace. Bye. Bye.